Hello and welcome to The Forum, a podcast from Slate Church hosted by myself, Luke Betger, and Brandon Richardson, bringing you ideas, perspective, conversations, and interviews. Thanks for tuning in. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Forum. We're back. Here we are, another episode, and we're in for a good one today, let me tell you. My name is Luke Betger. I'm one of the lead pastors at Slate Church, and sitting here with me in our podcast studio is one of the other lead pastors of Slate Church. His name, one that you do not want to forget, one that you should remember because he is such Mm. a legend. Mm. His name, Brandon Richardson. Come on. How's it going? I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm doing amazing. And we've got a treat for all you people listening right now because we have somebody else here with us again today. Second week in a row. Two weeks in a row. He made it. He passed our test. It's a difficult test for him to pass. He seems to have passed it last week. And uh, now he's here for the whole show. His name, Jared Moore. Welcome, Jared. Hello, hello. I'd like to say, too, uh, it wasn't just the podcast that was a test. There was a bunch of uh, physical activities to do outside. <laughs> they were all timed. Um, oh, yeah. We put them through the ringer. Mental challenges. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, and I passed them. So I'm, and they I'm were proud extreme. to be they were like uh, They were like uh, the real deal. Like yep. hold your breath underwater for eight minutes yep. minimum. Yeah. Twice. Back to back. Oh, back to back. Yeah. yeah. N- n- With no, no breath in between. It's <laughs> 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 really 16. Yeah. yeah. It's really 16. But you yeah. get to come up out of the water and then go back in. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what was the other one? Run a uh, two and a half minute mile. Yep. Yep. Um, which you just squeaked by. Well done. Yep. 228. Um, come on. That was good. Jump at least two and a half stories, land on your feet, and immediately run a marathon. <laughs> uh, Did it. Well so, done. Cool. Um, yeah, I think the hardest one for you was mow my lawn, but instead of a lawnmower, you only get a pair of those nail scissors. Right. And you have to cut every blade of grass individually while counting them. That's right. And you had to collect them. Yeah. And out of that, you had to make a sculpture of Brandon and myself. Yeah. And you did it well. Yeah. I mean, by the time I was finished, the lawn had regrown. So. <laughs> <laughs> well worth it. Well done, Jared. So welcome back. We're glad to have you here. Glad to be here. We got a great show today. We're excited mm-hmm. uh, for everything that's coming up. Um, before we get into everything, some of you listeners might remember from a, a time gone by that our very own Jared Moore grew up a portion of his life. Driving around the United States in an RV. That is a recreational vehicle. <laughs> Jared, how was that? <laughs> it was good, man. I loved it. It was a unique time of life. Enlighten us. Tell us about some of the weird things that go down living the trailer park life. Uh, I, I don't know. I feel like people are closer to this than they believe that they are. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Okay, okay. Guys. Because look, look, every time I describe these things that were day in and day out for us, uh, people are not very shocked by them. So <laughs> I have to I have to assume they have some uh-huh. level of understanding like the fact. Uh, but again, maybe maybe they are shocked, like the fact that my bed uh, was just the table and it <laughs> folded down into a bed. Uh, and every night I had right. to fold the table down, lay out all the blankets, lay out all the pillows. And then every morning 
uh, fold everything up right. and then rebuild the table. And all of my bedding uh, went under my parents' bed in the back. It folded up and everything <laughs> slipped inside. And then you folded it back down. You had no choice but to make your bed every day. I had no choice. Like it would have really been inconvenient if you didn't. I remember times that I didn't. And uh-huh. uh, we literally didn't have a place to eat. We sat on the floor <laughs> and ate or we stood at the counter and ate. Or you sit in your bed and eat. And then you just get a bunch of crumbs in your bed. And that sucks. Nobody Other people's it. crumbs. Not yeah, even that's... my crumbs. <laughs> you can deal with your own crumbs. <laughs> right. Okay, well, that's different. Um, Okay, how about like pulling up to a trailer park? Is that where you would normally park this thing or where would you park this thing every night? Yeah, it depended. So typically, like we were doing church ministry, right? So we would pull into churches on like a Friday and we'd be there from the Friday to the Tuesday. But but between that Tuesday and then the following Friday was either our travel time to the next place Uh or uh, maybe we'd extend our time at that church. But typically travel time to the next place. And so those would be where we'd stay at uh, either an RV, like a like a I don't even know, like a park Uh or uh, typically this was the norm was a, a Walmart parking lot is we would roll into those because you could stay there for free and uh, and also do your grocery shopping. Wait, is this like a Walmart thing that you're allowed to just park overnight in the parking lot? Yep, yep. I don't know if they've cracked down on that since uh, we were doing this, but that was our spot. That and I think they welcome it. I think so, too. I actually think they've actually welcomed RVers, yeah. I like that. Mm -hmm. Yep, it's the best. Actually, I'm now understanding how odd that that is. It was just like, this is just where we stop. It's like getting gas. It's like, okay, uh-huh. we need to find a Walmart parking lot because we need to go to sleep. And uh, and that is quite a strange thing. To yeah, be yeah, but everything you need is there. Yep. Like, how convenient yeah. is that? You're like, oh, I'm hungry. What am I going to do? I want a snack. Boom. Just walk, just walk yourself into Walmart, back out. You're happy. Yeah, except the only thing that they don't have in, and that we always had to be mindful of is you have uh, you have three tanks in a motorhome. Mm-hmm. You have a tank of fresh water that yeah. you fill up every time that you stop where you can fill up, right? Yeah. So that's typically just like a hose or something like that. Uh, and that will run your sink and like your shower and all of those things. Right. And then you have a tank of gray water and black water, which is just like all of the runoff either from your sink or from sure. your toilet and things like that. So you would have to find places to either fill up the water or unload uh, those tanks. And you couldn't just do that in a Walmart park. You couldn't just do it down the sewer drain? You sure? No. Did you ever do it? Uh, I personally didn't. (laughs) Oh. <laughs> okay <laughs> yeah fair enough but, right. the, but the alternative th- this <laughs> is this time. is a this is a big one it was walmart or it was a flying j do we have uh, yeah, these in yeah. canada we do have these in canada. i think we do yeah. yeah yeah on the way to ottawa they're Napa a little Napa. old school aren't they they're kind of a like a novelty these days yeah, yeah. they usually have a diner in them yeah sure sure yeah kind of a Those truck prime. Yeah. you can you can uh, kind of empty everything you need to empty there and refill there so they're okay. using that gray water and black water for diner stuff. <laughs> yeah. Totally. It goes right into the coffee. <laughs> for diner stuff. Well, um, I'm telling you, I've never eaten at that diner and not felt like <laughs> I was just eating gray water. <laughs> now, Jared, I mean, spending so much time on a like a, an RV motorhome. Yeah. Um, is this something that like you see you want to do in your future? Like, do you want to like go on a trip or something? You, you and your wife, Beth? <laughs> so this is actually kind of funny. The uh, for a season of our dating relationship, I spent a strong portion of that time trying to convince Beth that our best first year of marriage uh-huh. would be to uh, purchase a motorhome and to travel <laughs> in the states. Hey, once you, once it's in year. your blood, I mean that doesn't leave it easy. It does not leave. It does not. Uh, now listen, I went. Uh, I was telling you about this, Brandon. I went down this YouTube rabbit hole quite yeah. re- recently. Yep. Looking at motorhomes. Okay, motorhomes, RVs luxury campers but i wasn't just on like you know your 
typical motorhome that you think. I found myself looking at these things. I think they're called earth roamers or something. Okay. It was the most unbelievable thing I've seen. Basically, they take like what was a, what is an army truck, like this yeah. huge, beefy, gigantic tires on this thing, deep tread, can go anywhere in the world type of thing. And they build this huge trailer on the back of it. And it is like the coolest thing I have ever seen. It, it was unbelievable. It was also $1.5 million. Were they, was, it, was it attached? Was it pulling a trailer or was it all it, attached to this? It was like, attached. Army? Yeah, I think John Mayer has one of those. It, uh, what? It is so cool. Well, yeah. listen, he probably does have one of those because that's the kind of salary you need to be pulling to <laughs> afford right. one of these things. It was so cool, though. The, the thought of having like a $1.5 million uh, motorhome, I mean, that's a little crazy. But the idea that you can go anywhere in the yeah. world and set up and live off-grid indefinitely yep. is pretty yeah, sweet. Yeah, I like that. It's enticing. It, it, it was a cool thing. I, I like motorhomes. I think like the RV show that's coming up, I'm going to definitely be checking it out. I like yeah. it. Let's go guys. And we can do a, uh, we'll just set ourselves <laughs> up. We'll just set ourselves up and do a podcast live on location in a motorhome. We'll Dude. just pretend we're from a motorhome magazine or something. We, uh, we went to this fair a couple of months ago. Uh, it was up North and they had a bunch of motorhomes that they were showcasing and we were with some friends and I just became like instantly like a motorhome tour guide to all of the people that were there, <laughs> like walking through all these motorhomes. I'm showing them all the features. All right, and, let's go. Uh, the people that were demonstrating them were like, who the heck is this guy? <laughs> but it was fun, man. It took me right back. No kidding. They're exciting. They're cool, man. Like there's a lot of features in there. All right, tell me some of the legalities around this. When it's driving down the highway, you're allowed to be seat beltless in the back, like chilling on the bed or something, or how does that work? I have no idea what the actual rules are. I just know what we did, and it was just life as normal. As soon as that right. like thing started driving. See, the only problem was when you're driving, you can't have the slides out, obviously. Like right. the, the part of the motorhome that extends, it uh -huh. would all just kind of like so it'd be shrink skinnier. in. So big hallway. And, uh, and so that was limiting, but besides that, we did everything. Like I remember doing... Uh, like my schoolwork at the table while we're driving down like the wow. interstate and uh, like watching movies and things like that. I think I think in one of them we could actually the couch pulled out into a bed and I think in one of them you could pull it out without the slide going out all the way. Right. There was space to do that. So we would just leave that down and like watch movies and stuff while That's we were traveling. Cool. Yeah, it was good. How was many good. states did you uh, visit during that time? Like mm -hmm. have you been to all the states? I haven't been to all of them. Uh, we travel mostly on the East Coast, but I've been to uh, a fair amount of them. Like more than half. Wow. Yeah. yeah. That's I think, pretty cool. I don't know. I actually have no idea. But I know that like Sounds down the right. whole East Coast, we, we hit most of that. Uh -huh. um, and then and then further into uh, like Texas way and things like that. That's actually pretty amazing. Yeah. Well, okay. There's your motorhome update, everybody. There you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> if you're wondering whether or not you should do it, we say go for it. <laughs> Slight recommends motorhoming Slight everywhere. Recommend. Just go for it. Think of how practical that is. It's easy, you know. Um, but that's that's pretty interesting, Jared. There we are. We're just peeling back the layers on Jared, lot one here, by man. one. There's a lot of layers. Very. Uh, We're gonna have to have a, a new segment just called uh, Motorhome Jared. <laughs> yeah, and you can just tell us about interesting experiences you had. Slate presents Motorhome Jared. <laughs> there are a pile of interesting experiences. Okay, cool. Well, yeah, we're definitely gonna be coming back to this Sounds time and time good. again. There's no question. <laughs> Um, well, hey, thanks for joining us again. we got a great show lined up. It's going to be awesome. It's already been great because you've learned all about Jared's motorhome adventures. But coming up next, we have a segment that we've done once before that we really love. We're excited for it. We call it 
this just in. So stay tuned for that. All right, everyone, it is time for this just in. This is where we find news stories that we think are interesting, exciting, fascinating, you name it, and we share them with you. Perhaps it's something you haven't heard of. Maybe it is. Maybe you'll learn something new. Maybe you won't. But we hope that either way, it's entertaining. So this just in, what do you got, guys? Jared, we're starting with you. <laughs> Sorry for that extremely awkward pause. What you didn't see there was all of us looking around at each other, eyeing each other like, who's going to start this? Jared is now pulling at his phone, right. frantically looking for something to share <laughs> on this just in. Here we he have something. I know, I know he does. Jared, listen, the, the test of whether or not you come back on the podcast. No, we did last. We did No, these. no, it lasts into the future. <laughs> You're losing points here. Uh, see, this is what happens. Yeah. You know, you get. Oh, uh, boy. You give a millennial a job, and they, they get entitled. <laughs> Unbelievable. The, all that grass cutting with scissors was totally in vain because you just undid it all, man. Uh, right after this, you got to get back out there again. <laughs> That's Dude, actually my You have no idea how much I enjoyed that, so uh, <laughs> flipped it back around. All right, what do you got, Jared? Okay, so I, here's the headline. I'm going to say the headline, and, okay. then, uh, and then we can talk about all right. it. All right. No details here. Samsung will release foldable Galaxy clamshell just like the Razer. Okay. What? <laughs> let, let me let me read it again so, here. Yeah, please. Samsung will release foldable Galaxy clamshell just like the Razer. Okay, okay. So, we live, listen, one one quick uh -huh. sec. We live in a tech city, okay? Yes. Now, we also live in Mennonite country. Yeah, it's, right. it, it, which it, actually is quite a serious quite a juxtaposition. Juxta it, it's a juxta. I've we, never thought about yes, that. Yes, it's crazy. Yeah. You have horse and buggy driving the same roads as some of the biggest developed. Okay, so pull out your your article just one more time. Yeah, the, the title. Okay, we're gonna transport ourselves back four hundred years. This is the title you hear. Samsung will release foldable Galaxy clamshell just like the Razer. <laughs> what in the world? <laughs> This is a language you. This is a title you need a lot of context for. <laughs> Absolutely. So I think there's even uh, just just bring it back into 2019. There's probably some people that don't even know what the Motorola Razor is. Listen, I remember that was like the coolest thing when Best. I was in school, uh, like middle school, high, no high school, yeah, like mid high school, yeah, like getting out of high school. I will never forget the time where I first saw one of my friends bring a Motorola Razor, and I freaked out over Lost how it. cool. Like, oh, it yeah. was so thin. It was so sleek. It was, like, the most beautiful piece of engineering I had ever remember, seen in my life. Remember those number pads that they weren't yeah. even, like, real buttons. They were just, like... That uh, was cool. I don't know how to describe it. It was just, like, you pushed <laughs> it, and you were, like, how does this work? I remember him showing me he could take a photo on it, and... When somebody would call, that photo would come up. And it was the <laughs> worst photo, like the worst quality you could possibly imagine. Oh, yeah. Didn't didn't care. It was like the first time I had seen a phone take a picture yeah. of something. It was so cool. I believe it was either for the Motorola Razor or one of its kind during that time. And remember the ad on TV 
I was at a friend's house because again, I didn't have TV growing up. Uh-huh. But uh, I remember it being something like there was a husband and a wife. I think the wife was at a concert, right? And the husband calls her in the middle of the concert for whatever reason. Yeah. How are you doing, honey? How's the concert? And she's like, "Let me show you," <laughs> and takes a photo and sends it to her husband. And looking back, I don't know why that stuck with me. It seems pretty lame. The whole idea, uh-huh. the whole commercial is pretty lame. But I remember being so, right, so amazed by this, going home and asking my dad, like, is this real? For real. You can send photos from phone to phone. We've come a long way since that, haven't we? And it wow. hasn't been that long. No, it hasn't. So, okay, so Jared, your headline is saying that Samsung is coming out with a foldable phone. Yeah. And, I, I, I well, what I infer from this headline is it's going to have the same impact on the world that the <laughs> Motorola Razor did. And hey, I mean, it impacted us, Brandon. We're, we're still talking about how crazy that was. Yeah, it was, it was definitely, you know, the, the, um, uh, the cell phone had come prior to like becoming an adult or into that age where you could have a yeah. cell phone for yourself. So that, that was just kind of part of our childhood. But the Razor changed the game. Yeah. So that was the oh, big yeah, yeah. first big thing that we went through in the cell phone industry. But, but, and then interestingly, not long after that, the iPhone actually came out. And at that point, it yeah. was like game over. Oh, yeah. Like we thought the Razor was cool. What is this toy? Nobody cared about the Razor all like, of a sudden. The iPhone took it to a completely different completely. place. Completely. It was totally different. But okay, so... Samsung is now claiming that they're going to have that kind of impact, <laughs> essentially. Right. I, I don't know how I feel about foldable, bendable phones. Well, okay, so Samsung, for those of you that don't know, actually did come out with a foldable phone. It was like a tablet phone, you know, one of those things. Yeah, imagine combined. the size of a, a standard smartphone, a standard iPhone, a sta- standard yeah. even Samsung phone. And imagine that phone, standard size, folded out, and now you have a screen that is double the size. That's basically what they released. Mm. Yeah, they released one. I think uh, Huawei released one. Yeah. There's been a couple others. Um, but but the Samsung one totally tanked. So they sent it right. to all of these different uh, influencers. They all yeah. opened it up. They um, realized, you know, like any phone, you have to take the packaging off. So they took the packaging, packaging off. Um, but they happened to take off the screen protector. Which, if your phone had a screen protector that came on it, like like a film that your TV has on it, yeah, yeah. of course you're going to take that off. They take it off. Little did they know that that was part of the phone. Yeah, the screen protect. Yeah, the screen protector was part of the phone. So they were literally taking off part of what made the phone work, and so it just started killing all of their phones. And then Samsung reneges. No, no, yeah. this this seems like a huge oversight in whoever oh, yes. was designing this because you can't buy like a watch without having yeah, some exactly. sort of covering on yeah. the glass. Oh yeah. Oh. So they they realize they mess up. They pull it <laughs> off the shelves, and so now I think that this is their way of like making amends and trying to blow it out of proportion. That's this is my best guess. Well, okay, but do we think that foldable screens are the future of technology anyways? Like is it something like are, are we gonna sit down one day and you know we fold open like a, a tablet? Like is that gonna be normal? Um like my my problem with it right now is that it seems to um like like screen quality seems to go down in that it looks like there's a crease mark right where the fold yeah, right. is. Yeah. That's my problem with it right now. I, I don't know. I think it's either going to go in this foldable direction or we're going to skip the step of it altogether. Like there's going to be a new technology right. that comes out either. No, there's three options, I guess, here. You, you, they just keep making standard slabs 
style uh, yeah. better and better and better. They, uh, um, the, the foldable is the evolution of the sure. slab. Or like it's holographics and we, right. we forget the whole foldable thing altogether. But I do think that there needs to be something when it comes to the folding. It, it allows you more screen space and less actual space. Yeah. So you can carry around something much smaller and yet have a much larger sure. uh, surface area. I just think that like anything, the technology is a little behind uh, the point of them releasing it. And Apple yeah. will come in if this <laughs> does actually take off. Yeah. And in five years from now... They'll come out with one that doesn't have any problems. Yeah. Perhaps they need to come and perfect it. Yeah. I, right. And honestly, this just seems to be the, the case. Like yeah. you can, you can get down on these guys for the fact that they steal a lot of technology. Who cares? They seem to make it better every time. <laughs> yeah. It's like, they're not necessarily first, but when they come out with it, it's generally a more uh, perfected version. Right. Yeah. Like they just wait for everybody to do proof of concept and then sure. they yeah. make it super nice and <laughs> sure. then make a ton of money off of yeah, it. Yeah, I guess so. I, interesting. Well, I also, I also appreciate how we uh, talked about this and have like no credentials to talk about the future <laughs> of technology. We're just like guessing. The so credential much is we this. all have microphones in front of our faces <laughs> That's and, right. and opinions. L- listen to us. <laughs> a bunch of iPhone users. That's pretty interesting though. All That's right. Great. Um, this just in, uh, this is something that I find fascinating. Helvetica. We all know what Helvetica is. Yes. It is the world's most popular font, okay? And something you may not know about me is I'm a total font nerd. I know that's a weird thing to nerd out about, but I love it. I love graphic design. I love fonts. Um, I pay attention to this world. And so, like, if you're listening, you really need to know, like, Luke is understating this a little bit. You ask him what any font is when you're walking with him <laughs> downtown. <laughs> it is near this. You wa- you ask, hey, what's that font? You pass by it. He will likely know what the font is. Perhaps. Yeah, you've, <laughs> you've been very accurate with this. But there's something interesting because Helvetica, the world's most popular typeface, it, it's it's been around for 62 years. It's one that I guarantee... All of you listening have seen before, have been in contact with at some point or another, and this 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 font has now been updated, and this is actually a pretty big deal that has been updated. It's been updated. It's called Helvetica now, and it's been uh, it's a lot more modern now, and I I like it. I think it's pretty nice. I think it's cool. Um, I just think it's crazy that you can take something that is so ubiquitous, something that is so well-known and updated. I always wonder, like, why not just create something totally new? But it's a fascinating thing uh, that that this is the case. I mean, there are so many logos, so many things that use uh, Helvetica in their logo, um, ones that we all know, uh, whether it's the North Face or American Airlines or... um, it, honestly, the list is like, I'm going to look it up because you need to know it's crazy long, but it, I, I think it's fascinating that they've decided to update this now for some reason. Yeah. I'm looking at the differences just visually. And I think for the untrained eye, I don't think that you would notice much of a difference. Right. I think you're, uh, you're looking at it and you're going like, I think you would assume that it was Helvetica, right. but, uh, mm-hmm. you, you, Unless you you've been paying attention, it'd be harder to tell the difference. Well, I think I think the update um, makes it easier to read on digital screens, and makes it better um, to, to to use sort of as like a headline type font. But okay, so 
like American Airlines uses it, Lufthansa uses it, the airline, American Apparel, North Face, Crate and Barrel, uh, Microsoft uses it, the Skype logo is a variation of it, Panasonic, uh, Harley Davidson, Jeep is Jeep, Scotch, like Scotch Tape, 3M, Target is Helvetica, JCPenney, Oral-B, uh, Dole, Nestle, like, and the yeah. list goes on and on and on. The amount of times that we come in contact with this on a daily basis. There's a great documentary all about the typeface, yeah. Helvetica. Yeah, it's fantastic. No I, it might still be on Netflix. I don't know. But um, it, it's it's pretty cool that, that it's uh, received an update. Yeah, it seems like uh, they definitely added a little bit more spacing, which definitely might help uh, help yeah. the, the digital reading. I mean, I, I, I don't... Similar to our last, this Justin, <laughs> I don't have the credentials to. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> I'm looking at a photo of uh, new and old, and I can't see any difference. So this is not my uh, not my realm of expertise by any means. It's pretty funny. Well, hey, for those of you out there that care about this, you found this interesting. For the rest of you who don't care at all, hey, sorry, <laughs> <laughs> you can't have that time back in your life. But right. <laughs> now right. you know. Um, Hey, Brandon, what do you got? This just in. This just in. Okay. Uh, <laughs> you should have seen the look of terror in Brandon's eyes <laughs> as I was just asked to. Yeah, so I've got a... Listen, we came into this with two features, and uh, mine wasn't one of them. So <laughs> I think this actually wraps up our uh, This Just In segment. Wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah, no, that, that's fine. I love, uh, I love this segment. I mean, we're trying to bring things out of the news that aren't just downright depressing. Because when <laughs> we were so looking at, when we were researching, I mean, we made a lot of comments to each other, but like the world like loves some depressing stuff or hearing about it at least. Yeah, well, I think that that's, uh, you know, for better or for worse, I tend to think for worse, but it's really what drives clicks and traffic to websites yeah. and mm. to news organizations. And so if sensational, sensational uh, headlines sell more or generate more clicks i guess that's what we get more of yeah no i'd rather but. talk about helvetica and and uh, <laughs> samsung <laughs> foldable <laughs> phones yeah. yeah no but uh that this is our segment this just in this just in i don't even know how to close off a segment you do all that you can try if you want all right here we go well uh thanks for tuning in to <laughs> this just in uh, we're so glad that you uh, stopped by to listen to our uh, musings on news and all things politics. And, <laughs> hey, it's been a really, really great time. And we're just super thankful that, you know, you'd listen to this segment. It means a lot to us and you. And, and so, you know, it's... Uh, Keep going. And the... Uh, <laughs> If you if you if you haven't taken note, I have totally tried to botch this. Okay, thanks for tuning in to our segment. This just in. Uh, coming up, we've got our deep dive. All right, welcome back. It's time for our deep dive. Today we've got a great topic. Brandon, why don't you intro the topic for us, and then we're going to get into it. Sure. We're going to dive into something pretty interesting. I think something that we've all wrestled with, at least those of us that... Well, it's a question that we, we all wrestle with, but if you've grown up in the church or um, call yourself a follower of Jesus, then obviously this is a, 
a very nuanced conversation that you've probably had many times. And so we just thought we would dive into something maybe a little bit more meaty here for this deep dive uh, as it comes to Christian faith and, and walking out our faith. And that topic is basically um, this idea of Paul. Paul's writing in the New Testament and he says these words, everything is permissible for me, but not everything is beneficial. The narrative of Christianity and, and Christian life over the last little while has kind of swung and it's been quite the pendulum swing because it started uh, at a place uh, just before we were born uh, for, for those of us here, uh, Luke, myself and Jared, where our grandparents went through a season where they weren't even uh, allowed to go to movie theaters. They weren't allowed to play with cards. They were never to be found in a casino, especially. Uh, these sorts of things. And the list went on and on and on. And maybe we could address some of those things, some of the <laughs> really funny things you've, you guys have heard. And it's kind of gone to this other place where now it's not just um, you're allowed to go to a movie theater or whatever else and uh, whatnot. But we've really gone from uh, 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 the thought that not everything is beneficial. And in fact, most things are not beneficial. Let's stay away from it to the other half of it, which is everything's permissible. <laughs> And we kind of find yeah. ourselves in this in interesting crux because now the the more um, uh, popular opinion is that actually we're we're free to do almost anything we want, and so we just thought we'd have a an interesting conversation on this crossroads between uh, the the Christian life. What we want to actually make clear before we even start is we're actually not trying to make any comments on any type of behavior in particular anyway. Um, our, our job here and our goal here rather is not to get into the details of what's right and what's wrong, but it's actually just to have a conversation on this pendulum swing where we find ourselves now and uh, how we navigate forward. I think it's an important topic of conversation and, um, freedom of course is a good thing. It's yeah. an important thing. W what a great privilege it is that, that we get to live in this type of freedom that we get to and the freedom yeah. that is actually afforded to us by Jesus' death and resurrection. And what an amazing thing that is. But I think so often, if we're not careful, one thing we have to be, one thing we have to be mindful of is not to place a greater value on the freedom that we now have than on um, the spiritual growth that our lives require. Yeah. Because sometimes we'll say, well, everything's permissible. Everything's okay. I can yeah. do whatever I want. And while that may be true, we still have to ask ourselves the question, is that going to be the best thing to uh, foster spiritual growth within your life? That's right. Because just because you can doesn't mean you should. That's right. Right? Just because you can eat as much McDonald's as you want yeah. doesn't mean you should. That's right. It's not going to make for a healthy body, although it may be enjoyable to you. And so... We got to make sure that when it comes to this whole conversation, when it comes to these thoughts and our understanding of what freedom means, that we're, we're, we're being careful not to place so much emphasis on the fact that we are free to do whatever we want, that we don't have to worry about or think about or consider. Is this actually benefiting me? Uh, is it benefiting my soul? Is it drawing me closer to Jesus? Or is it taking me further away from him? Because we, we, we have to be careful with this and we have to understand that yeah. um, although we have freedom, um, th there are perhaps unintended consequences to us exercising that freedom in not the greatest way possible, right? That's right. Yeah, I, I think we have uh, stumbled upon this, and, and it's true, there's freedom of action. Right. 
Meanwhile, we've kind of forgotten that there's also freedom in the inaction as well. So exactly, yeah, we we found a sense of freedom in exercising our rights, and yet we've we've some and sometimes have actually missed out on the freedom that's found within the law. And so, I mean, to set this the this straight for anybody listening and just kind of pondering, uh, the idea that the church would say you can't go to a movie theater, you can't play right. cards, or that sort of thing. Um, it's not, I mean, it's, it's bogus. Yes. Like we're, yeah. we're not, we're not again, trying to get into the details of, of what is right and what is wrong. And quite honestly, I don't think there was many churches saying, uh, going to the movie theater is wrong or, right. Or, or, or right or whatever else. It was just the popular opinion of a group of people that shared the same faith yeah. and trying to, um, trying to arbitrate uh, between what is right and what is wrong. And so sure. when it comes into this, uh, I completely agree, Luke. And, and I think that, uh, freedom is an interesting thing. And I think we've defined freedom as being able to do whatever we want. Right. And it's just quite, uh, quite honestly, just not, not the correct definition because sometimes true freedom is not doing the things that we want. Right. You know, and, and sometimes f- true freedom is, is actually regulating yeah. the things that well, we exactly. want. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that's important because I, again, the, one of the issues that this presents is maybe understanding as a Christian, yes, I have this freedom, but what does this do to the witness of my life for the glory of God, That's right. the witness of the gospel? How is this contributing to that? Is me interacting with this thing, whatever it may be, this thing that there's freedom for, of course there is freedom. Yeah. For the person that's just looking in from the outside, for the person who doesn't have a context, for the person who is perhaps a non-Christian, are they seeing my actions here and are my actions actually being a proper witness of God's work and God's glory at work in my life? Mm. And would they understand that through the way that I am acting here? Because that's actually a really important piece of this. And that's something that I think Paul is really encouraging these people, right? Yes. Everything is permissible. You can eat that meat, right? That that's okay. You Corinthians, like you're allowed to do that, but not everything is beneficial. And if you eating or drinking, this is going to cause the person beside you to stumble, or it's going to, uh, it's not going to represent Christ in your life in the way that it should or whatever, then it's actually better not to exercise that freedom. That's right. You, you should actually just refrain from that. You don't need to because that's not helping this other person. And so right. I think as soon as our freedom becomes something that, again, is like it's all self, it's in our self-interest, yeah. Yeah. and it's like, well, I can do this because I'm free to do this, but I don't care about what anybody else thinks or whatever. Um, all of a sudden, we're being ruled by that freedom yeah. or what we what we think is almost a freedom, and it sort of ironically enslaves us and so we just have to be a little bit careful that we understand that that freedom doesn't automatically mean now i can just do whatever in the world i want to do it means i'm actually going to act with wisdom and be smart about this and understand that hey maybe doing this right here is not the best thing yeah paul seems to in some ways elevate the freedom of others over the freedom of ourselves yeah, it's interesting because he does bring up some of the common arguments against. Well, you know, if I'm going to take away from their freedom, like why should that limit me? 
And he talks about, yeah, like um, them not being able to take part of this. You could even call them a weaker person. Correct. Uh, you might even be able to say that they're weaker in the faith. And he goes through all these things almost as if we, uh, as we do, as we reason out why we should be able to do yeah. something in the midst of us pursuing our freedom uh, and, and not really wanting to consider the freedom of the people around us. But he gives all these reasons like, sure, they sure. Maybe they're weaker. Maybe they're um, uh, are not further, uh, farther along in their faith in this uh, realm. But he brings it back and he says, even even so. Uh, their freedom exactly. is worth not exercising your freedom. Yeah. And so there seems to be this um, this very clear direction from Paul that says, hey, uh, your freedom actually isn't the only thing that's important. In fact, it's not even the most important when it comes to interacting with the people around us. That's exactly right. And um, I've got this interesting article pulled up by a man named John Bloom, who uh, is writing a little bit about this. And this is what he writes. And I think this is interesting. He says, the problem, uh, of course, we know that Paul was writing to a specific group of people, the Corinthians at, at this point as he's writing. He says, the problem was that idol worship was woven into the very fabric of Corinthian civic trade and social life. It was culturally pervasive. Idol temples were social centers and could function similar, similarly to public restaurants. And much of the meat sold in the markets and served in homes had been ritually offered to idols. That meant that eating meat could be interpreted as an act of idolatry, a betrayal of Corinthian beliefs. And so it's an interesting thing to think like, uh, okay, th this is fascinating. Mm -hmm. So again, Paul's saying there is freedom, yeah. right? Like we know that that meat there... Uh, you could go ahead and eat it and, you know, still believe in Jesus and you're that's not, okay. You're not uh, idolizing. Well, well, that's exactly right. And, and like there's, that's a fine thing. But again, he's saying be smart now. Use wisdom and make sure that you eating this doesn't discredit uh, the reputation of Jesus to the people around you because you're doing this right now. And, and again, that's what we need to always ask ourselves. Like, okay, yes, I am free to do this. There's freedom here. Um, but should I be? That's right. Is there point to this? That's right. How is this representing Jesus in my life? That's right. Yeah. Yeah, no, like I, I think about this a lot in terms of uh, influence. And, and when I look at it kind of in my own life, mm -hmm. I'm thinking, okay, uh, oftentimes I don't recognize the influence that I have in other people's lives. Sometimes it's, it's apparent to me, sometimes it's not. Uh, just the same way that I look up to a lot of people and they influence me and I'm sure that they don't even recognize that and realize that. And so to me, this, this ties into this idea of living above reproach, uh, where while it is permissible for me to do some things, is it wise for me to do that? Not just for my own sake, but for the people around me that I have influence, uh, you know, in their lives, are they, are they going to be able to, cause, cause a lot of times, like we've heard this idea that perception is reality, right? And the, what people perceive often becomes what they believe about someone or a situation. Yeah. And so, you know, how, how am I, how are people perceiving what I do? I don't want to get locked down by that, right? Yeah. I don't want to avoid situations totally. and conversations and people because of that perception. But I also do want to be mindful of that and just keep an eye like, hey, you know, I, as I, but you know, what's important about this too is understanding the people in your spheres as well and right. knowing those people and who they are and some of the things that That's they're right. going through in their life. So really 
uh, as, I'm, as I'm just talking about this, I'm thinking it ties back to how well do I know the people that are around me? Do I understand That's the right. things that they're struggling with? Do I understand the things that they're walking through? Uh, because I may very well be doing something that I don't even recognize because I don't actually know that person well That's enough. Right. Uh, and so for, for me, it comes a, a lot back to this idea of living above reproach, but also tied yeah. into to really knowing and, and, and walking with the people that are in my life as well. That's right. There seems to be this idea yeah. of closeness of relationship when you're considering those around you. And if it's going to cause them to, to fall and stumble, then you need to make sure that uh, you're not doing those things because your freedom can't be at the cost of their freedom. Mm. But That's certainly right. Paul is, is talking uh, when he says everything is permissible, not everything is beneficial. He also understands that in a society of, of many individuals, a, a society of a collective of people, it would be nearly impossible to not offend anybody or not yeah. cause anybody to stumble. And it, if that were the case, well, then, you know, we would we would reduce everything we wear to the most basic things. Of course. We would uh, choose to cover up all uh, all parts of our skin uh, no matter what our gender is. And then you still have uh, issues of like whether or not a, a not wearing uh, a head covering would be offensive to some or wearing a head covering would be offensive to others. And could one cause somebody to fall? And, could, and so you can go down a slippery slope if you're trying to consider the entire whole at once and say, well, can I not do anything ever because the people around me might actually uh, uh, stumble and fall right. out of their freedom because of something I'm doing. I think Paul is, is making it a li- bringing it closer, a little bit closer to home to exactly what Jared is talking about here, which is in our spheres of influence, uh, we need to consider that it's in those spaces that we actually have to be very careful yeah. um, to make sure that we understand what people are going through. And there's a closeness of relationship that allows us to know um, when it's appropriate to do something and when it's not. And if there's a perception of closeness, but we know that there is not an openness of conversation to happen if a la- if uh, an aspect of freedom has been broken for somebody else, well, then in those places, we disengage from the level of freedom that we want to experience mm. at the expense of making sure that others are taken care of. Yeah, and, and I think it's amazing, you know, in 1 Corinthians 9.19, what, what Paul writes, he says, for though I am free from all, um, he says, I have made myself a servant to all that That's I right. might win more of them. And it's like, it's amazing to see that for Paul, like his true freedom as a Christian was actually to win as many people for Christ as possible, That's right. removing That's as right. many obstacles in the wow. way. And so that was more important to him than exercising the freedoms that were afforded to him. Right. That's right. And I think that that should be the case for us as well. Agreed. Sometimes, again, we focus more on the freedoms than the calling that we have on our lives to go and make disciples of all nations. Right. And so we're thinking like, okay, I, I have this freedom and I'm just going to enjoy and I'm going to indulge myself in That's this right. freedom. That's right. But Paul, Paul is even saying, hey, if this meat that I'm going to eat is going to make my brother stumble because he hasn't uh, realize the freedom that we have yet in Christ and understanding that although this meat might have been, um, you know, dedicated sacrifice to these idols that are non-existent and so there is no power within it, but just if I eat it and it causes him to doubt the reputation of Jesus, well, then guess what? That's right. I'm not going to do That's it. Right. And Paul talks about that even with other things in his life. That's right. Uh, marriage. Um, these types of things. It's like, yes, he is free to do these things, but he is going to refrain from doing these things because he's going to remo- remove as many obstacles in uh, that he possibly can in being able to make the name of Jesus known through his life. That's right. And I think that we need to do that too. This is something that it's like, let's remove as many obstacles as we can. 
once again, understanding context, Absolutely. understanding where we are, who we're around, all these types of things. Because, uh, yeah, maybe one group of people you're around, uh, they're fine. They, they've, they've had a revelation of the freedom mm. and there's no issues. That's right. Uh, but we do have to be so wise with this. We, it, it's an important thing um, because as soon as we begin to sort of abuse the freedom that we've been granted again, I, I think that it just, it, it, like, it ruins it for, mm. for everybody, you know? Yeah, and, and again, the the degree of our freedom can actually be the thing that imprisons us. Uh-huh. And so there's this aspect of making sure that we don't uh, exercise, exercise our freedom to imprison others. Yep. But then there's this other aspect where uh, exercising our own personal freedom can actually imprison ourselves. Yeah. And you could see this. I mean, if we just take something that is totally uh, not a hot topic at all and just consider like the purchasing of, of, uh, of material possessions. Sure. And you just consider that, yeah, you have the freedom to purchase as much as you want as long as you can afford it. Yep. I mean, I, I just think of the example of one of my uncles who is a, a legitimate hoarder. Right. Worse than some of the stuff you would see on uh, the TLC show, uh, Hoarders or whatever it was <laughs> sure, called. Sure, And like way worse than that. We took away 14 um, uh, transport truck size garbage bins out of his house in his garage. That's so wild. Like it was insane. Yeah. And so we go, well, at, at, at some point in his freedom to buy things, yeah. it actually entrapped him. It actually imprisoned him. Yeah, exactly. And you can just, you can just like people don't want to throw off the limits and the, the barriers that hold them back, mm-hmm. but it's sometimes those limits and barriers that actually give them the freedom to just operate correct in in their their correct way of being or or their their optimal way of being. And that, and again, so like that's why it's so interesting. I think that Paul writes, um, whatever you do, whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. And right. so it's it's so interesting to ask again: Am I doing this for the glory of God, or am I doing this? Am I doing this for the glory of myself? And I think it's amazing that, again, like one of the greatest freedoms that we have, one of the greatest things we can do is lay our own freedom aside for our own wants. That's right. uh, To for the benefit of the people around us. What an incredible thing. And ultimately, in the end, what we end up with is actually more freedom. We end up with more freedom personally and more freedom for the people around us. Yeah. And if we uh, if we search and seek after the greatest amount of freedom for the greatest amount of people, Mm -hmm. ultimately you get freedom. Correct. But the moment that you just champion personal freedom above all other things is a moment that you get shackled and the people around you get shackled. And overall you're living in a less free state than if you just considered uh, some of the natural concerns that the Bible brings up, namely, as you've brought up Luke, um, actually championing the cause of crisis first and foremost. Yeah. It's so important. What do you think, Jared? <laughs> <laughs> well, just as you guys are talking, I'm I'm listening because it's a lot of good stuff. Uh, I get to listen live, but um, but but really, what what kind of is is rolling around in my brain is this idea of that personal relationship, knowing the people around you. But I think also this idea of of conviction and what the Holy Spirit is speaking to your heart about. Yeah. Uh, you know, when, when to partake, when not to partake, right. when to exercise that freedom and when not to exercise that freedom. Cause immediately my brain goes, okay, this is all really good stuff. These are great concepts. How do I actually flesh this out in my day to day? How do I mm-hmm. flesh this out in my situation to situation, relationship to relationship? And I think it just is emphasizing for me the importance of 
the, just being uh, in, a, in a close relationship with God, yeah. Yeah. being in a close relationship yeah. with the Holy Spirit, allowing the Holy Spirit to speak That's to right. my heart and be sensitive to the things that like, correct, like just that idea of like, um, just being conscious of what is happening, right? Like if I, if I do accumulate, like for me, right, I love watches, uh-huh. I'm super into watches, have a great like uh, totally. interest in them. And part of that is, is collecting watches and, and it's unique to have all of these different ones. But at what point for me, and I've thought about this a lot, does this become like overindulgence or does it become a hobby, right? right. Something that simple like that, where it's like, how much am I to run off of your yeah. point, Brandon, of, of just like uh, materialism? How much of this is just like accumulation, accumulation for the sake of accumulation and how much of it is, is just like an interest. And so the only way that I can ever kind of identify that, because again, that speaks to other people as well. Mm-hmm. You're wearing a different watch all the time. You're always talking about it, yada, yada, yada. It's like, it's like, at what point is this kind of taking this too far? And how will I know that? And the only like really solution that I have is just being sensitive to the conviction that I feel around this and being, having the strength to respond to that when it comes. Right. And you can sort of apply that in any area, um, whether that be watches or like w- yeah. whatever it is, just that sensitivity there. So it's an important and you only get that sensitivity with familiarity, right? And so there's an importance there of of being in relationship with God to, yeah, to be sensitive to this. I think things. there's a level of discernment that comes when we start listening. And more yeah. often than not, that discernment is literally just a nudge in your spirit of, oh, maybe I shouldn't be doing this. Right. And, you know, we can either listen or not. And I think if there's ever a doubt of like, oh, maybe that's not the most wise decision, that's probably like yeah. a Holy Spirit nudge saying, don't yeah. do this right now. Yeah. Uh, now we can so easily just try and brush that aside, but again, that's wisdom, right? And that's mm-hmm. being, um, in tune with God speaking to us and listening to it and actually, uh, heeding that instead of like allowing our own intellect to outweigh that voice. Yeah. You know, we start to just reason it away where actually, no, we need to just listen to what God is saying to our spirit in that situation and understand, yeah. okay, maybe I'll refrain. I'll refrain from this freedom, freedom yeah. that I could yeah. indulge in, in this moment and enjoy, but you know what I would enjoy what what I would enjoy a lot more is actually this person seeing Christ modeled through my life Absolutely. in this moment. And That's in right. this particular context, uh, this is what needs to happen for yeah. it. In another yeah. context, no problem. Sure. In another context, Jared, you can wear your Rolex. <laughs> you you can um, you can you can wear your Patek Philippe. I know you got three of them. Uh, you can wear your whatever <laughs> you know. But hey, you whenever you're recording this podcast. If you're not bringing one for both me and Brandon, sorry, man. <laughs> That's right. Don't don't come in here. Don't come in here with that. <laughs> yeah, don't be flaunting that and causing us to be imprisoned by comparison. You know, and coveting, and coveting, and, uh, unreal. The, I, I heard this uh, this concept explained uh, when I was a little child, and I still think it it holds up. Like the, the so the Holy Spirit uh, comes to convict, yes, uh, not to condemn. So good. So that, I mean, that's a good different differentiation right there. Like one, they're both pointing out things, but one is using a thumb to push you down, condemning. Right. The other is pointing out the things that we have to work on. Right. And they're very different things. Yeah. Um, one has a lot of shame attached to it. The other actually has a lot of encouragement attached right. to it. Mm. That's right. And so the conviction of the Holy Spirit is actually a great thing. And so the concept that was explained to me is it's like your soul... <laughs> You know, as a kid, you always think you tie your heart to, to your soul. Like that yeah. that's where the spirit is. And you're trying to figure it out metaphysically as you grow older and whatever sure. else. But the way that it was described to me is like your heart is like a triangle. And the Holy Spirit like uses your heart and, and the that. edges of the triangle like hit you and you're convicted. And you realize like, oh, that's an, yeah, I don't know if I should do that. <laughs> 
and the more you ignore that, the more that um, the edges get rubbed off wow. and the less you feel convicted by things. Wow. And so you ignore it again and yeah. the edges rub off and they ignore it again to the point where all of a sudden you're numb to the Holy Spirit's uh, conviction. Right. And I think that if we exercise our freedom to a certain point, we can reason away everything and reason yep. as to why we can do anything. Yeah. And that's why it's really important. And this comes up probably every one of our podcasts. And I think that mm-hmm. it's, it's really important to just mention, like, have good people in your corner. That's right. Have open and honest conversations. Yes. You know, this line that we keep repeating um, from the conference that we were all at uh, is so good. Your accountability is only as great as your transparency. Yeah. And so let's be honest and transparent with one another. People that are further ahead than us, people with more wisdom, people that are living lives with Jesus that we, we want to live. Um, looking to their example and let's be honest with them so that they can uh, allow us to gain back some of the maybe blindness or the the lack of um, sensitivity we have to the holy spirit's conviction so that we can actually weather these kind of yeah. uh, conversations in a much healthier and uh in a much um, clearer way as you've said jared brilliant well hey on that note i think we're going to wrap things up do just want to say in, in closing that if you're struggling with hearing God in your life at all, it's actually a new book that's come out that um, we've started to read. We've recommended it before before it ever came out, but it's, right. it's called it's called Hearing God. It's by Nathan Finocchio. He's a phenomenal teacher, just just an incredible uh, example of what it looks like to pursue Jesus in all things. And uh, he's a teaching pastor at Hillsong Church. And a, a great friend of ours as a mm-hmm. church as well. He was with us just a couple of weeks ago, spoke incredible messages. Yeah. And so I want to encourage you, the book's out now. It's called Hearing God. And it's been helping me certainly uh, reflect on uh, a, a whole lot of things in my life that actually get in the way of me hearing from God. So I would encourage you, uh, seek that out. Uh, you can buy it at all kinds of places. It's, it's really worth it. it. It's It really is. We're so thankful that you would tune in uh, here today. We're... Uh, we're loving this. What what so number fun. was this? I want to say this was episode eleven. Epi- I'm pretty oh, sure it is. I forgot to celebrate our number ten. Did a giveaway or something? Well, hey, let's celebrate number eleven. All right, let's celebrate <laughs> number eleven. Um, you know, first person to uh, DM us with uh, top five reasons you love the podcast. We'll give you a something a shout out <laughs> it's like oh thanks uh <laughs> no, nobody's gonna message yeah no uh but hey listen we're we're really thankful we're 11 uh, 11 years 11 we're weeks 11 years into this <laughs> 11 weeks into this yeah. and we're having a lot of fun we know that you are we're hearing so, so much great stuff we want to encourage you to rate review share us and uh we would really appreciate that we would what a great show it's been. Jared, thanks for joining us again. You made it through episode number two that you're on. Come on. Thanks for having me, guys. Well done. Well done. Now go cut my lawn. <laughs> this time I got to use my teeth. <laughs> yes, you do. New tooth for every blade of grass. All right. Hey, thanks for listening. Uh, we'll see you next time.